0: All right, I'm Joel Compulsive Eater. Hi everyone. It's great <laughs> to see some of you that I know for a long time and really grateful uh to have a chance to be of service. And I have to say I'm a little bit nervous because step nine for me has just been like kind of a you know, I've kind of made it up as I go along based on some things. So I don't know if how I did it was really like the the right way or anything, but One of the things that I feel like is really super helpful is um, that the purpose of step nine is to clear away guilt and ill will. And, um, you know, just to clear away these things so we can truly live. And um, I was speaking with one of my dearest fellows today, and she was saying something about it's a way of unhooking ourselves from the stuff that hooks us. And that's, that was just a really powerful way to think about it. So Just real quick, I've been, um, I'm almost on the 15th. I will be 21 years in this program, so I'll be an adult in OA um, September 15th. Super grateful to have been here. And I don't give up my chair here because um, this has been the place where I've really gotten to experience like um, sort of an equanimity around body. Body stuff and size. Um, My highest weight is 300. And I um, have been maintaining like 165 to 165 pound weight loss for um, well, some somewhere in between 100 and probably 50 and 65 pound weight loss for these many years. And I no longer have to keep the same size, you know, all the different sizes of clothes in my closet in case I'm going to come back to them. I don't need to do any of that. And that is purely a miracle. Um, because really over those, um, over those many years of, you know, I, I worked for one of our weight loss places that probably most everyone has gone to at some point. And I was, a uh, speaker and a leader there. And um, one of the things I like to share a lot because I feel like it was one of the things that was really striking to me at the time, um, having lost like 170 pounds to uh, be there. And I remember just weighing someone and they had um, the color of card that they were holding in their hand meant that they had at some point reached their goal weight And maintained it for however much I don't even know anymore, honestly. But they had maintained it. But the person was like a 500-pound person, and I remember just thinking, like, what? Why would someone go back to that? And the truth is, is that there's probably a lots of good reasons why someone goes back to that. Why we don't let go of our weight. And this has been something that I don't think we um, we really share about as much as probably would be useful is that our weight is our protection and you know when i was a young person when i put that weight on my body i lived in a in a neighborhood in detroit where it was not unusual and i love detroit don't get me wrong it's my place but uh, i was living in a place where um it, it was not unusual to see like the building across the street surrounded by police with guns you know it just was the way it was and so I didn't feel safe. My husband was a heroin addict. I didn't feel safe in my world at all, um, either from him and what he could do to us and our money. And you know, his, his one—we were on welfare, and one welfare check could go in his arm in one day, and we were done for two weeks until we'd get money again. So uh, the food we were—I was eating for a long time was like, you know, one loaf of white bread, one stick of margarine. Uh, peanut butter and jelly mix in the jar. That was my food and pa- pancakes that didn't need an egg. <laughs> so, so my story is really, you know, whatever. And I truly live a whole different life today. I live a very different life. So on to step nine. So not, one of the things that's really cool to me about step nine, it reminds me of when I was graduating from school, one of my closest school friends, um, when we graduated on that day, Her mom gave her a present. She unwrapped it. It was a chalkboard. And she was like, thanks, mom. And her mom went, Lynn, that's a clean slate. You don't owe me anything. And I just thought that's what step nine is, you know. We don't owe anything. If we can truly do step nine and get it um, in the ways that will um, clear the debris of our past, clear away guilt and ill will. Um, and so like some of the ways that um, my amends have happened have been indirect amends. So for example, one of the ways that, um, I remember like having had an affair with a married person and I'll tell you the truth. I would have loved to go back and see that guy again. So that was not going to be an amends that was going to do any good for me. Um, but I did know that I had done something against you know, I I had participated in something that hurt another sister and I would never do that today. And um the way that I did amends for that one was that I I called my sister my my this could make me cry, my brother who passed away. He's um it's just been two years, but his marriage was beautiful and precious and his wife um all through this, he, he had Louis body dementia, and he, he really lost his presence of himself. And my sister-in-law stayed the whole time and did everything so amazingly. And so like, I let my amends be to hurt. Can you just be the wife that I hurt and just hear my amends? And she was like, oh, sweetie, I would love to do that. And so that was just a really cool way to do it as just to like make an amends to someone's marriage in a way that could feel like a a holy kind of way. And, you know, and then she kind of got to get something off her chest, too. So that was kind of lovely. And then another one was when I was like, before I was married, I was like this hippie girl. And I lived with all these guys, and we rented someone's house. And they were like an older couple. And they went to they were going to go to Florida for the winter or something. And they rented it to us under false pretenses. And they had an uh, an attic full of their life, like all of their clothes, they had clothes from like the 20s. And all of us were like, we we emptied their freezer we were using their stuff the clothes were like zoot suits and shit like my friends were all like let's go out we're all, like we on the streets on halloween wearing their clothes um so i felt like and we emptied their freezer and and then like i ended up leaving before they ever gave that house back i don't know how it ended but and there's no way I don't even know the names of those people anymore. They were in Detroit. I don't know their names. So how that one I just I had a neighbor that I didn't really love. <laughs> he lived downstairs for me and he was complaining all the time. You're to laugh, quit the blah So I was like, okay, I don't love this guy. So maybe I could make amends to those neighbors and do something for him. And so I asked him, like, could I get you a gift card? of some sort and i explained to him i'm making amends for something i did to a neighbor many years ago would you consider accepting a gift from me and he was like sure i love it so i i just got him a gift card and he i don't know what he did with it home depot whatever right so those i mean again i don't know you know i don't know if this is the right way or a wrong way or whatever but it cleared some debris for me and that was i think the main thing that was really necessary but the ones that were probably the hardest were the ones that I didn't want to do. And I remember doing like somebody had a, a ninth step, like a little form that you could do. And one of them, it had it was like in three columns. And one of them said like, amends I can make right now. Like just get them out of the way. There's easy. Let's just do it. Amends that um, I need to do a little bit of work around amends that I might never be able to make, maybe those people are gone, maybe they've died, maybe, you know, maybe I can't find them anymore, or whatever. But the one that like one of them, it it really was in that middle ground where it was like, I I had so much shame about it. It was like thievery at my workplace, petty cash and all this stuff. And I just so did not want to face that one because it was like, number one, they can sue you. They can take you to court. They can get their money back or whatever. So I was just like, really, oh, my God. But the thing that was really, so the first time I did the steps, I honestly didn't try very hard to find anybody about that. But the second time I got the new workbook, I did them again. I I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go find the president of that company, that the one that took it on. And I ended up writing a letter confessing everything um, to an address. And I was like, I don't know if he's going to get this or not. Well, guess what he did? And he wrote me back. And it was like really lovely because that was when I just did not feel like I could. I, I was so scared of it. I was scared of what he would do or what he could do to me. And the truth is, is that he was very generous. And then there was one other guy at my work. And I hate to tell you guys, this This is a 300 pound person. I was pissed. I was a very sarcastic, pissed person. And there was this guy and I used to tease him all the time. And there's like a line in the literature that says, John, I made a habit of belittling you. It was wrong of me to treat you that way. And... So it's like, okay, that's a little wording for me. But this guy, he used to wear like white platform shoes and a white belt. And I used to like say, did you know that that causes cancer, that white belt and those white shoes? I was just mean. I was bitchy and mean about this guy. And one time he said something. I overheard him tell somebody that his sister was as fat as me. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to get you somewhere down the road right here and I literally punched this guy I at work <laughs> right now where I work I would be on administrative leave and then I would be being fired for what I did to this guy so but I yeah yeah I did not know and I could and I've tried everything to find this guy I've tried everything I could do I have written a letter of like you know with true um True uh, remorse um, around my behavior to him and let him know, like in the setting that I'm in right now, I work in HR, which is hilarious, um, that, you know, I would, I would be out on leave and I would probably lose my job for what I did to him and that my apologies and I don't know if he's even still alive or anything but I did at least send a letter to where I think it could, he could be based on what I could know. And the truth is, is that even the generosity of that first person that was like the president of the company, it really made me see. And he, and he also just appreciated the parts of me that, you know, were, were genuinely there. And, um, and that was really, you know, that kind of like it balanced it out, I guess in a lot of ways. And so then the, the most, I think, the the one that's been the most long, um, long lasting or whatever have been for my daughter, because when I was, um, you know, I made some very selfish moves based on what I wanted to do in my life. And I was a single parent, because, um, you know, her dad was a junkie. And, you know, he, and God bless him, he died, he died in the disease in some ways with some sobriety. So good. But um, for her, I felt like I pulled the rug out from under her more than once. I took her home away from her. I went to, I went away and lived in the, the dorms at Mills College, um, you know, um, and just said, I don't know where you're going to go. And she ended up having to go and find a place to be. And so my most long Uh, or I guess long lasting, but also most um, adamantly pure amends have come for my daughter because like I, um, when she and her husband were living, um, they used to live really close to me by the tunnel, you know, the tunnel going to into um, Walnut Creek or whatever, they lived right there. And then they moved to Larkspur and every Thursday, every Wednesday night, I would make them uh, dinner. I would take it over on Thursday, um, make their house warm, have a a hot meal for them, pick them up at the ferry wherever, um, whatever was needed, take my granddog for long, long walks to smell every God dang bush in the whole city of Larkspur. I would do all of those things for as many years as they were still living here. And, um, and then when they were trying to move, I like came and cleaned the bathrooms, cleaned out the fridge, did the all those kinds of so those kinds of things that felt like, I will bring you home back as much as I can. And um, she was just here, we had a family reunion last weekend, and she was just here for like, four days and we went to like Berkeley. We went to all her spot. We did everything she wanted to do. She wanted to go to Berkeley, to the university. She wanted to get a t-shirt there. She wanted to go to um, Rockridge. She wanted Typhoon. Everything we did, we did it all on her terms. And we had such a lovely weekend. And I just, I miss her now. You know, that's the thing is like having your kids when, when I had her and I wasn't even taking advantage of what I had, those are the things that I can't, I can't change those things, but I can do them now. And so, um, I have four minutes left and I would just say like, I feel like the ninth step, you know, made the way it's worded and everything. It has so many gifts for us, but I think the ways in which, um, for me, the ways in which I could just give more love um, have been the ways that have been the most you know, and the most healing for me. And then also I can and I know, and actually my son-in-law, when they left California, or they left to go to Pasadena, so now they're all the way in Florida, so they're all the way across but he said, you know, if it weren't for your mom, we wouldn't have got our deposit back. So it's like, yeah, we got that. And so I just feel like whatever kinds of ways that any one of us, I guess, can heal up the things that will then give us like you know, to be able to walk through the world well. and so today, like I really do spend time trying to meditate. I don't I feel like I have a monkey mind most of the time, but there's a way in which I try to listen more from my higher realm, asking, you know, just in in prayerful all the time. like when I know people are suffering or people are having a hard time, I feel like part of the ways in which I can you know, be of service to them is just to hold them in love, you know, surround them with love, surround their situations with love. And so it's like an, it's an act of amends, like the people that I work with now, I'm surrounded by people who are so precious and beautiful and loving and we all love each other and we show up for each other. So I, there's no one I would want to punch in the sky <laughs> in the gut anymore, not a single one. I mean, in fact, any if anything, I would just be like, oh man, you guys, I love you so much. And I, and I truly do, I just love them so much. And we're really at work and making a difference in Oakland in our schools and with our students and just being able to, you know, being able to be a part of the healing of our community rather than just my own, my own, like, selfish self, or life, you know. And um, I do a lot to maintain my sobriety, because it's my, you know, that three legged stool is everything to me, like I can't, our food is, you know, it's an important aspect of, of recovery. But for me, it kind of takes a back seat to my emotional and my um, spiritual recovery, I really do have to have that that stool can't have any of its legs uneven. So as much as possible, I just do my best to keep my side of the street clean, do, you know, do the things that are, uh, I prepare my food every Sunday. I get up at six and I prepare all my meals. They're all in a box. There's no question about what am I going to eat today? It's all right, really clear. And um, I get up like at three or three 30 in the morning because I'm nuts, but I, I love it. I mean, I truly do. I love that time of the morning. It means everything to me to have some quiet spirit time. I go to the meet the seven a.m. meeting most many mornings, not all, but um, and you know, I do some kind of exercise at least three days a week. And a lot of it's really and in fact, my I just was end by saying my my chiropractor. I used to go to him back in the early nineties. And he was always trying to get me to do these exercises to open my spine up. And these exercises that I do are so amazingly great that when I came back to see him, he was like, what have you been doing? Oh, my God, your spine is like amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I'll I'll tell you why. But I mean, I do these things and I really am opening my body up and it's like um, it's aging backwards is is even the name of it. Man, it really is. You know, I'm 73 years old. I don't feel so I feel like hella better than I did when I was 23 years old. I'll tell you that right now. So um, every my time is up Um, every day. I just appreciate all of you. And I love seeing your faces. Thank you for coming on real so I can see you. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting me share.